All right, everybody, welcome back to the 20th episode of Sky High Sports and Entertainment. So had to do it big and bring in a very special guest, and that is Craig Rhino Smith. Played in the NBA for six years with the Timberwolves, Clippers, Trailblazers, wrote a children's book recently, and graduated from the NBA Players Association Broadcast University at my alma mater, USC. So <laughs> congratulations to you, man. How are you doing today? All is well. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, my absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. So I'd love to talk a little bit about, right, like most basketball players have not written children's book. I think that is incredible. It's part of what this podcast is about, not being boxed in, uh, showing you can do anything. And your book was called Craig and his Magical Basketball with a Rhino, your nickname on the cover, about a kid finding his life's passion with his mother as his mentor. Um, so I want to ask, you know, was your mom how you found your passion for basketball or how did you discover that passion for basketball? Yeah, um, well, the, my mother was one of the reasons why I discovered basketball. Um, she played basketball herself. She loved the sport. And uh, she one day just handed me the basketball and uh, it was kind of a natural feeling for me. And uh, I mean, I, I took it over from there. That's that's amazing, man. Was there anything else that really inspired your love of basketball or got you into the game? Uh, I just think the fact of being around it with her and uh, I, I just love the game. I mean, I love watching basketball. I love watching um, the Lakers and the Clippers. I just love basketball. Um, yeah. I love the players. Um, I love the the situations right and like for me my imagination grew big because I would always just imagine me playing one-on-one -on -one in a big arena you know like almost almost putting it out there like I was going to play in the NBA like that's wow. how big my imagination was and you did it man very 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 few people ever do and we're definitely going to talk a lot about that today but I do want to ask how did you get the idea to write a children's book and what was that process like uh, the, uh, one of my inspirations was, um, just actually, I think it was the time of me going in the NBA and, and right after that, I had went overseas, um, to Jerusalem and, uh, in Jerusalem, I kind of started, uh, writing, um, uh, weekly blogs about myself in the, in the local paper. Um, so from there, it just, I always wanted to feel like I can tell my story to help inspire others. Cause I felt like. I was such an underdog that nobody really gave me a chance or opportunity, but I believed so much within myself that I made things happen. And I feel like that's what it takes first and foremost to believe in yourself. Um, so having um, just that belief and having these type of experiences propelled me to want to help inspire the next generation to go after their dreams in an early age. Like I did. That's amazing, man. And, uh, Really good answer, really inspirational stuff. And I know that you actually had a podcast called The Underdogs Podcast, and you were interviewing people about their underdog stories. So uh, what would you say are some of the biggest parts of the Craig Smith underdog story? Uh, not being highly recruited. Uh, yeah, not not being a, a top-tier player, but um, really being able to take advantage of the opportunity given to him. Um, you know, everybody has different cards in life. And I feel like I just played my cards to the best of my ability. And sometimes that's what, that's what happens because, you know, everything's not going to be picture perfect or clear. Sometimes you're going to have to be able to prove yourself 
um, to be able to, to go after what you want in your dreams. Um, but as long, like I said, as long as you believe you can come out um, very positive in that situation because believing is the first step, putting the work in is the second, and, and seeing it through, I believe, is the third. Um, so just using those different type of characteristics, um, like I said, just just along with going out and, and ensuring every day that I'm going to be able to prove somebody wrong. I think that was one of the things, having a fire underneath me um, that wanted to prove people wrong because I believe so much. That is, once again, uh, amazing advice and real words of wisdom and great stuff to, to take from your own journey. You know, it's obviously so rare and so difficult to actually make it to the NBA. There's like 4,000 people on planet Earth out of everyone who's ever picked up a basketball. And uh, I, I think that's just absolutely incredible, man. So speaking of making it to the NBA, we're going to get into your career a bit. Uh, you were drafted in 2006 at number 36, which is actually the pick after P.J. Tucker and 11 picks before Paul Millsap. So that was a crazy draft. What's going through your mind that night and when your name is called? Uh, just a little bit of nerves. You know, you never know where you're going to go. Um, you know, you hear things about where you would go. But I mean, at the end of the day, just being around family and friends, uh, just trying to create a positive vibe. But, you know, you're still trying to wonder where you're going. And uh, just having that opportunity to be picked by Minnesota, in which I didn't really have conversations with them. Um, but to have the opportunity to be picked because I know I had a, um, an injury in my wrist. So that's why I feel like I wasn't in the first round. Um, but having an opportunity getting picked by Kevin McHale is a dream come true. Wow. And, and I mean, to have a to, have, to learn from him and from KG was um, was really something special. Absolutely, man. That was definitely something I was going to ask you about. Uh, and since you mentioned it, yeah, you were drafted in 2006 to the Minnesota Timberwolves with a prime Kevin Garnett, like one of the best we've ever seen grace the court especially at that time uh very you know two years removed from the mvp smack dab in the middle of his prime one of the fiercest competitors ever as well what was that like playing with him learning from him and anything specifically that you learned playing with kg man was really intense but i mean i felt like i learned so much in the game whenever you have a hall of famer like that with so much knowledge i mean he's going to give you so much game so i felt like that really helped propel me uh, for my future years, just how to conduct myself, uh, the things I needed to do to, to, to stay and be successful in the league. Definitely. And like, were there any uh, Kevin Garnett stories that come to mind or? Man, this dude's just a hard worker. I remember we were in Seattle one time and uh, it's a day off. Um, but you know, we're rookies, me and Randy. So we're, we know we get on the bus and, you know, we've been doing pretty good. Um, our record's, pretty well so you know most of the veterans are off but here we go we see kg coming on the bus and this is you know he's already in his what 13th year or something like that and be able to come on a bus on the off day to want to get some working just shows the hunger and the mentality and i feel like um that was something that just just helped us even more to see like what it takes to be great in this league that's amazing man uh very cool to hear those stories about those all-time greats and being on the same team as them, you know, having that, that respect as well. Um, I want to ask a bit more about with your career, what would you say was your personal, like, welcome to the NBA moment, whether that was with your own team on a court, a player you faced, a moment in a game? 
Uh, I mean, there were a few. I think uh, my welcome to the league moment of going up against uh, Meta in my first game that when he was in uh, Sacramento. I thought wow. that was cool. Um, yeah, that's you know, tough just, defense. Yeah, just just knowing what type of player Meta was and understanding like, oh, he's guarding me for a second. So like that, you know, I felt like that's some respect there because he's a really Definitely. good defender. Like you should be guarding KG or something, but. Uh, um, to have that opportunity to really play against Meta, man, somebody who I really have a, a lot, a lot of respect for. Um, yeah, um, playing against him um, the first day, going against KG um, in in the gym, and and understanding his energy and his, uh, you know, just how he conducts himself, that type mm-hmm. of energy, and what I was going to get prepared for. Like that was a welcome to the league, my very first day. Um, so there, there was a few uh, just different moments, but. Uh, uh, it was just an exciting time. I mean, right? Not many people have played in the NBA. No. And I can say just not many people have played even my years um, in the league. So to have that opportunity, man, it was just a total blessing. Yeah, absolutely. You really think about the amount of people who have made it and very, very few make it over five years uh, in terms of the totality. So that's Huge on you. And yeah, very cool that you got to be uh, a part of those teams. And I I remember watching you as well. Of course, one thing I remember and had to go back and check out and watch some of your highlights in your sick inside game, of course. Uh, But specifically one night, you dropped 36 points on the Washington Wizards, shooting 14 of 22 from the field. What's it like to go off in an NBA game like that? What's that kind of feeling? Man, the basket feels like the ocean, uh, nice. to be honest. And then it's just not – you just feel like you're in a, a groove. And I always tell, like, it's almost like having, like, a sublime glow around you that you feel, like, invincible a little bit. And everything is just working for you, you know, from your moves, your passes, um, each shot. It's just an unbelievable rhythm that you can't really explain. You just know when you're in that rhythm. Wow. That's that's extremely cool. And that – um. I've, I've heard that before when listening to some of the greats talk that you you get in that zone. You know, one person who was one of the first people uh, I heard say that in particular was Kobe Bryant. And I know that you got to go up against uh, Kobe a little bit. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, and I did I have read as well that, you know, you had definitely a moment where he complimented you on your game. But do you have a Kobe story or, or memory or uh, just what it was like facing him and stuff? You know, Kobe's always was very intense and like he always didn't back away from a challenge. And I just remember a few times um, just being in the game, like when we first played him, I know we were making a comeback in the fourth quarter. And he kind of seemed like the type of play I was playing, like I just wasn't giving up. And Kobe wasn't giving up either. So it goes, I come down, I score. Kobe comes back, he's trying to score. I come down, I get offensive rebound, put back. Kobe's just coming down. It's like he's just literally like, no, you're not even going to beat me at the end of the game when I even know we're up. And um, having this type of mentality was cool, but then knowing his knowledge, I mean, uh, I remember one time I had an injury. Um, I was going to Curl and Joe um, really early in the morning, and uh, it's like 7 a.m. And when I get there, Kobe's walking out. So in my mind, if he's walking out, like, what time did he get up? What time was he there? And then, like, did he already get his first workout in? Like, these are the things going through my head at an early age. And I feel like what was cool was, I, and what I wish, to be, like, one of those first players who actually started working with Kobe at that time. 
because I felt like that wasn't a normal thing when I came into the league. It came like a little bit later down the line wow. in 2011 wow. with DeMar and those guys. But I felt like I could have actually been one of those guys who could have been continually working out with uh with Kobe for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool to see. And that's really cool that he uh, complimented you on your game. And yeah, there was something about when you would watch him play that it was just like he could go crazy in the fourth quarter, uh, no matter the situation. And I I, yeah. I, mean, I definitely loved watching that. So that was cool. Um, and it's nice to hear about it again. So obviously we've talked, you know, a bit about your time in Minnesota, but on the cover of your book, I know that you uh, identify as former Los Angeles Clippers. So I'd like to talk, you know, what, what did you enjoy about your time there? And what was so special about your time there that that's uh, how you identify after your career? Well, I mean, uh, having the opportunity to go back home where it all began, uh, I think that's a big thing. It's a full circle moment for me. And I don't really know how many people can say they had the opportunity to play for an NBA team in the city that they grew up in. Um, so to have that opportunity for me, like, was just something I never really imagined. I dreamed about it, but, like, to actually have it happen was surreal. And um, being able to play for my hometown you know, where I grew up in and I really, that's where I laid the foundation of work. And um, it's just always been a good situation because they, they gave me a chance to do that. You know, the Clippers gave me a chance to come home, play in front of my family and friends. And it's just been such a joy. And I think that's, that's why it's just been a great relationship still in today uh, where I do a lot of uh, ambassador work for them. Wow. That's really cool. Anything specifically about uh, the ambassador work that you're doing that you want to share that you enjoy? Oh yeah. Um, I do a lot of work, uh, mentorship. Uh, we do a lot of things where we do stuff for the kids. Uh, I go and uh, read books. I actually just read my book recently um, wow. to the top kids um, who were reading at a, at a school in uh, Torrance. But I mean, we go around, um, we talk to kids. I, I tell them through my story, um, I made it to the league and, you know, how they can they can start at an early age, too. Um, and then I do a lot of different things is, you know, sponsorship dinners and um, a lot of different things. Financial literacy with the youth, um, presenting different uh, courts or, or structures or different things like that. So uh, it's just been a, a really good uh, experience on this other side of um post career um with a former team i think that's rare and sometimes it doesn't happen but i think once you create uh, good relationships and um you know um be able to present something that could be helpful towards the community i think things always go well that's amazing man that's uh that's really cool to bring it full circle like that and having played for your hometown and then getting to do that and help others and be able to read your own book uh to inspire others that's a really cool experience Something else that you've done post-NBA was to play in Ice Cube's Big Three League with some former players, and uh, you were a high draft pick. So what was playing in the Big Three like, and how's that experience uh, been for you, and how it compares to your time in the league? Uh, man, playing in the Big Three was was really cool because I felt like uh, my, my league years ended up short. I felt like I should have more years, but to have the opportunity to, to go out and still prove that I can play at an elite level um, was my goal and let them know I, you know, being in the older age doesn't mean anything. And that I still can do this at a, at a really high level and that I can come out there and I can shoot the ball. So it's something Definitely. 
just wanted to sh to prove that uh, I just really had overall game and I continue to get better. Definitely. And uh, I can't, as we, you know, begin to wrap things up, I can't let you go without asking, man, what are your thoughts on the NBA finals this year? Current NBA, you know, Jokic and Jamal Murray winning Jimmy Butler in the heats and probable run coming short. Um, would just love to hear your takeaways from that finals. Uh, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Joker, the best player in the league, um, wow. definitely showed his dominance, showed uh, how he can really put a team uh on his shoulders. I mean, it was an incredible stat line of the 30-20-10. I mean, just geez. And I mean, him and Jamal Murray have been playing together uh, since the Nike Hoop Summit. So we can't deny that they really have had a chemistry for a long, long time. And their their pick and roll is pretty much unguardable. Um, they Denver had such a great team that reminded me of like a Detroit Piston team where they just had a really good group of guys. And, uh, you know, we, we can't duck Miami's run, okay? The the first eight, eighth seed in an 82-game season to make it to the NBA Finals, yeah. right? Um, obviously, the Knicks played in a shorter season, in the lockout season. Um, Jimmy Butler really, really played well. Um, but, you know, the game is all about matchups, and that was a tough matchup for him because Denver's a bigger team with more depth. And uh, when you run into those teams, man, it's just really, really tough to come out victorious in the seven-game series. Yeah, yeah man, that's uh, that's really great analysis there. And that's a very good point. I did see that picture of Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic playing together. I'm Canadian myself, actually, so it's cool to see Jamal. Definitely the greatest NBA Finals performance by a Canadian. Yeah. Very good point about the New York Knicks in 1999 that that was a lockout season uh, where it was short, shortened. So 82 games for the Heat. That's amazing. Before we get off uh, current NBA, is there anyone you see in today's game who reminds you of yourself at all or whose game you just really love watching? I mean, it's a ton of guys because I felt like we're like, I was like one of those tweeners, one of those first guys who, you know, you didn't know what to really do or what position to put them in, but you know, guys can handle the ball, good post-up players, good mid-ranges. Um, we just got to know how to place them. So, I mean, there's guys like, right, like Draymond, um, like Zion. Ooh, uh, Zion's game's nice. Those those type of guys, I feel like those in, in relation. And, I mean, I, I do see my game in, in jokage with footwork and touch. Um Right, because he doesn't need a lot to get off the floor. He just needs to create space sometimes. Yeah, and exactly. That was a big thing for me, and, and footwork was a big thing as well. Um, so I would say that I'm just not seven feet, but I would, yeah, <laughs> I would say that that will be the similarity just in those that type of footwork. Yeah, I like the Zion comp as well because, like, we call Zion a bull when he's going to the hoop, and you were the rhino, you know. You were, yeah. uh, and I think you guys are both like six, seven or something. So, yeah. really, really yeah. similar uh, build and skill sets there for sure, which is super cool. Um, before we sort of wrap things up, you know, you've had an amazing story, really. And I, I just wanted to ask because it's so inspiring. Um, if there are any other, you know, what, what maybe the biggest hardship uh, that you had to overcome in your life to get where you are today was? Yeah, just the fact of, you know, me I, growing up, I guess my body style wasn't um, the the ideal for a basketball player. 
Um, so me, I had to go through those growing pains of learning how to take care of my body. Um, cause in the beginning, I felt like that's what didn't give me ultimate and really good scholarships. Um, cause people thought certain things about me, maybe I was lazy or maybe would translate to the collegiate, um, game. Um, so for me, that was an uphill battle to continue to work, to continue to put myself in the best shape possible. Um, just to be able to prove to these guys that I can come out here and I can play at a high level in college. That's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. Um, and because of your amazing story, I also want to ask you, uh, as part of our last few questions here, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned in your life and that you'd like to pass down to others? Uh, the most important lesson uh, that I've learned is never to give up, always believe in yourself. Um, I think that's the first step to finding your own happiness with your goals and your own success. Everybody uh, doesn't naturally always believe, um, but I think it's important for you to believe in your craft and your goal, and that starts the path to that journey of greatness. That's amazing, man. That's really, really good advice uh, that we can all live by for sure. So we got to get into some current day stuff before we get out of here, which is uh, how I saw you again for the first time since I watched you in your playing days, which was a uh, post from my alma mater, USC, uh, that you were at the MBPA Broadcast University in the facility where I was a sports anchor and uh, was a sports editor and got to do some really cool stuff. It's a great facility, great faculty. So what was that experience like and, uh, you know, what you learned from there and what you're planning to do with it? Uh, it's a, it was a really great experience. Um, got to learn uh, a ton uh, in a few days uh, with a very intimate group, but um, it's all very knowledgeable and being that I already had experience, I think it was really cool to just have a, a little bit more detail of information, especially going into the broadcast lane. Uh, we got to work on many different facets from broadcast um, to hot takes to, uh, you know, reading off the teleprompter. So I guess going forward for me, um, all those things I really feel comfortable with is just now um, what do I really like and what, do I, what lane do I really want to go in in, that, in the broadcast lane? That's awesome, man. And what are you up to, you know, right now? And I guess what's next for you? Uh, I mean, right, writing children's books. Uh, there's still more in store. Um, obviously, still doing Clipper work, uh, working for a, a new tech company, um, which it's uh, it's aimed at actually uh, ending poverty uh, in America. Um, I'm coaching at Crossroads in Santa Monica. Uh, and I'm and I'm still working on a few other things uh, uh, with my creativity that uh, definitely put me in some other lanes as well. Um, so there's just a lot going on, and uh, just continually thankful because I feel like um, nothing's ever over. You're always going to have to set goals. Um, there's always going to be an on to the next thing, and that's how it is for me. That's amazing, man. That's really cool to hear. Um, I can't wait to see you next. I can't wait to see what you do with broadcasting and definitely your your children's books uh, and everything. And before I ask the final question, I did want to ask while you were here because I love hearing this. Were there any players who you modeled your game after or really admired growing up? I mean, yeah, like um, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, Maurice Taylor, Danny Manning. Um, Antonio McDice, 
Jordan, right? James yeah. Worthy. Um, even Kareem with a touch of a shot and finding a shot that's kind of unguardable. Um, so it's just a lot of guys. I mean, Allen Iverson being the culture, mm-hmm. like you take you take bits and pieces. And I mean, when you played in the NBA, you sometimes become like your own historian in that regard, right? Because you, you understand um, the history of the game and you want to learn about the history, right? So I think it's important. Absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. And I definitely see uh, a lot of Barkley in your game now that you bring up that comp for sure. So that's really cool to see that you were able to, you know, watch those guys and actually apply it into being in the NBA, uh, not just doing it on your driveway. And that takes a lot of work and uh, really amazing character traits, which you've clearly demonstrated throughout your life and can't wait to see you do it more. So before we get out of here, do you want to give yourself a plug at all of uh, where people can find you now? Yeah, you can just find me on Instagram, Black Rhino eighty three. Uh, also on Twitter, Black Rhino eighty three. Uh, Craig Smith on Facebook, not the hockey guy. All right, <laughs> uh, uh, and also uh, LinkedIn, um, Craig Smith. Um, so those are my platforms. That's awesome, Craig. Man, it was such an honor to uh, to interview you today with everything that you've done in your career and seeing you continue to take steps and learn and grow and the great stories that you have from being around the league. It's a, it's a remarkable life you've lived, man. And it's very inspiring. And there's a lot that we can all take and learn from your journey. So I really, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, man. My pleasure. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See you soon.